time. It's time. Time for the hard-hitting analysis you won't find anywhere else. Here's former Super Bowl winning scout Brian Broaddus and Bobby Belt. Ten-five victory! Cowboys win! This is Love of the Star. 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 Welcome to another edition of the Love of the Star podcast. I am uh, one half of this podcast, Bobby Belt, Dallas Cowboys Insider for 105 Through the Fan. Joined, as always, uh, by my co-host, uh, the incomparable former Super Bowl winning NFL scout, Brian Broaddus, also co-host of the G-Bag Nation on 105 Through the Fan in Dallas, Monday through Friday, 2 to 7 p.m. Central. Brian, you are back in Dallas, back in the you know warm confines of your home. I'm still out here in Oxnard, California, all by my lonesome. Uh, went to a Dodgers game last night, tried to go see a movie tonight, but everybody on the beat, they were being big babies and said they had to write and everything like that. And so none of them wanted to go see a movie tonight. Uh, so, so it's just going to be me and some Dave's hot chicken and probably some HBO max, but, but how was the trip home? And, and is it good to be back in Dallas? You know, I'm not going to lie, Bobby. I am jealous that you're still in Oxnard. I, I, this, this time of year, I, I live to go to camp. I live to be a part of camp. I, the only way you can learn about this team and understand about this team is watching practice. And then, you know, this week is kind of unusual. The fact that they're going to go to, to the Denver and, and work with the Broncos on Thursday and Friday. And then I've got the call with Brad Sham on 105.3, the fan uh, Saturday night, but I am not going to lie. I I'd give anything to be able to watch those, the practices leading up to Denver, uh, and then next week catching those Rams practices, and then a Rams, uh, excuse me, not the Chargers, not the Rams, the Chargers and those practices, and then the Chargers game. I mean that that would be that would be like heaven to me right now with the way there's a lot of questions still with this football team. There really, really are, and you know, being around it's the only way to kind of uh, to figure those out. There are plenty of questions about it. I'll tell you what, I got my GoPro here. So as long as they're on the uh, they're on the bleacher side, I'll, I'll try and shoot as much overhead all 22 for you as I can of, of uh, padded. Well, be ca- yeah, be careful that. But yeah, be careful. But don't post it because they get honest about the, you know, keeping that tight shot. And stuff. Oh, oh, yeah. No, no, I won't. I see, I see some I see some open stuff. I mean. The guys and gals that are shooting video at the practices have done a hell of a job, by the way. I mean, I was watching a little from yesterday and then, you know, uh, here in Dallas, they had uh, they had some of the practice on as well. So got a little taste of that. But, yeah, I mean, just being there is the best thing. I I, trust me. I'm nice to be home. But, man, my job's being there at camp and I wish I was doing it. So we were talking leading up to uh, training camp, uh, one of our first episodes. We were kind of talking about where do we feel good about this team yeah. or feel not so great about this team. So I kind of want to do a check-in now that we've uh, been able to watch a few practices and just see where things stand a little bit. Uh, let's first uh, – we'll try and end on a positive note. So I guess we'll start with where do we not feel so great about this football team uh, after some of the first practices – so, Brian, what is the number one thing that stands out to you that you go, man, this is concerning for this football team? Kickers. They, they don't have a kicker. Yeah. It's so weird. And, you know, with other things going on on this team, you know, Stephen Jones, you know, people you talk to, they're not concerned about the wide receiver thing. That That's a hint to me, Bobby, and I need to do some more research on this. That's a hint to me that, 
that Michael Gallup is further along than maybe we all know. I mean, if if Stephen Jones and others are saying, listen, you guys are overreacting to this to this wide receiver thing, then that tells me that they feel good enough about what Noah Brown's been able to do. I think Noah Brown's played really, really well in this camp. Sure. You know, and let's let's be honest too. You know, the kid Turpin has come in and hit the ground running too with some of his inside plays, some of the stuff that he's able to do. Uh, you know, we've we've talked about Tolbert and, you know, his, you know, I think he started off a little slow when the pads came on, but the last few practices, I think he's been pretty good. So, yeah, I mean, it's that part of it, I, I get it. If that's the confidence you have in him, those guys and Dalton Schultz and Pollard and all that, if that's a confidence you have, that's kind of telling me that maybe Michael Gallup is not going to miss four games. Maybe Michael Gallup misses one game, uh, the Tampa game, and then we see him for Cincinnati. I need to do a little further research on that because it sounds like the, day, the way that they're playing this right now, they're really not concerned about adding another receiver. Now let's see what happens when we get down. You know, we got a cut. We got a cut coming up here actually pretty soon. You go from an August 16th, which is, you know, after the after the game this next week. Yeah, you go from, yeah, you go from 90 to 85. And then August 23rd, you go from 85 to 80. And then that final cut down on August 30th is 80 to 53. But you know, you you take uh you take 10 players out of this thing by August 23rd. Maybe there's a guy out there that someone puts on the street that you can claim and uh, and then add that way or look at a trade. But I don't know, man. I just kind of it's got it's kind of got this vibe. I keep saying this. They got this vibe that Gallup will be back sooner than later. That's why they're not worried. Yeah, I think that that's it. But obviously, kicker, like you mentioned, that's one. Yeah, that- I started off with kicker, and I and I and I and I just rambled on about wide receivers. <laughs> But, you know, I – and you know what's going to be really weird, Bobby, is they're going to go to Denver at altitude and kick. And yeah. they're going to have practices on Thursday and Friday in altitude. Okay, does that help? Does that hurt? Does that make their legs look a little bit more uh, alive? Uh, you know, are we in situation where they're going to both improve? I'm going to say this, kicking there at in Oxnard, I, I don't think is easy. I really don't. That The way that the breeze comes off, the ocean there, right, not too far from you, it comes over the tops of those trees. I mean, when they were doing those uh, those periods where they were kicking like long field goals, that you know, the and, yeah. and they weren't even close. And wow. even when they were close, you know, they were missing. I mean, I, I'm not – I'm not saying it's wind. I, I guess I am saying that, but I'm thinking it's not an easy place to kick right now. And then yeah, and McCarthy talked about that a little bit, said that, look, it comes off the top of those trees that, that wind goes down up. and it, yeah. And I was sitting in the stands that on wind. that field, specifically on that first field. Yeah. Really. Yeah. Off the other side is not nearly as bad, but that first field really gets the flags. The draft. And, and you know, it's funny and I'm not making excuses because these guys were missing extra points. You know, I mean, let's let's be honest. Uh, you know, uh, Garibay was missing. I mean, they were missing extra points. 
So, and I was standing underneath the goalpost every time they did those drills. And I'll tell you what, it was, it was very, very, it, it rattles you. I mean, I can imagine that, you know, Will McClay, and we need to figure out this too. This would be a good project this week. Is Garibay, Jonathan Garibay, the kicker, is this a Bones Fossils guy? Is this, if this one of Bones' hand-picked guys. I've heard it is. Okay, if that's the case, this kid's going to get every opportunity to, to make this team. And, you know, but there might also be a point in time where he's just not good enough. And then all of a sudden you put him out on the street and he's kicking for somebody else and it seems to work. So that's a scary thing right now, especially, you know, like I say, when you're trying to kind of figure things out. And I don't think anybody going in, especially on staff, I don't think anybody going on staff felt like that Garibay was going to struggle this badly taking oh. these field goals. No, I think you're you're right about that. When we, when we look at some other positions, do you have any concern about, I, I know right tackle is something yeah. that's Lance yeah. about you have any concern about the swing tackle? What, yeah. what else are you looking at to go a little like ah, I don't have total easiness here? Yeah, I mean, because I thought Josh Ball started off pretty well, and Josh Ball's been kind of just okay. And you yeah. know, I kind of kind of like what I thought. I'm like, okay, I'm not giving this guy enough credit. And but you know, when the pads came on, I thought, okay, it's gonna be a little bit of a different, different thing for him, but it, it hasn't been. Yep. Um, you know, Collins, who is also kind of sharing time, uh, you know, with him, I, I don't think it's been particularly great. So, yeah, you know, we've got scrimmages coming up. We've got games coming up. I don't think that I don't think that tackle situation it, at all. And, you know, I was talking to somebody today about this thing with the left guard. And, you know, we keep mentioning Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith, Tyler Smith. And, I was kind of thinking if Tyler Smith's not going to win that left guard spot, which I think he will at the end of the day. If it's just about the performance on the field, there's no reason that much. I I don't know. But like I said, if he doesn't, he needs to be playing right tackle then, like right now, like right now. Like he needs to be competing at right tackle to try and beat. Because I I think there's – I just don't – man, I just don't trust Steele. And I'm sorry, folks, as you listen to this broadcast – I just see, I just see the lack of that power, and I say that so much. But when these, you know, we've interviewed on 105.3 the fan, we've interviewed Fowler, and and you know, and then and also right. you know Parsons, and yeah. we've interviewed these defensive ends that rush the passer, and they and they tell you about how to break guys down. People will figure out how to break. Will we'll figure out how to break. Uh, steal down and we and it's clear that if you bull him he doesn't have a very good chance to set his feet and that's the thing I worry about I just worry about the power on that side I, that's 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 my biggest concern he's a really good athlete but I worry about the power on that right side is there anything about the defensive side of this football team right now that concerns you or do you just have complete confidence like up well, and down position group? Let, let's be honest you know when they did that one-on-one stuff, man, yeah. that took that took some of those defensive back souls, you know. When you you know, and you you clearly saw it when 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 you get a situation and, and Diggs doesn't you know he's playing press and he doesn't press and he 
and he doesn't get his hands on the guy, and all of a sudden, Simi Fajoko, who's really a straight-line runner, you know, Simi Fajoko doesn't have a lot of wiggle to him. He's a straight-line runner, and he's got some speed. But, man, you saw some defensive backs, and it wasn't just digs. Some other guys got cooked, too. You know, and that, that just showed you that when they went to the team, things kind of, you know, stabilized a little bit. But all everybody was talking about was Simi Fajoko running past digs, you know. And that's the problem. When that, when that happens, you can – that one-on-one drills can really expose – uh, uh, can expose corners, safeties. It, it really can't, or it can expose the wide receivers if they don't get off the jam and get any type of separation as well. Yeah, and I think that, like, I mean, as we've talked about, it, it's tough in those one-on-one drills for corners. It definitely does, you know, I'm more impressed when I see corners make plays in those drills than I am with receivers who yeah. them. Um, mm-hmm. but, I, but I think it also speaks to, and maybe you'll agree with this, I think the sum of its parts is 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 you know I, I think as a whole they're better than than as individuals you know I think that defense yeah. as a whole works better than they do as individual players I, I I use this quote all the time but it's what Scott Pioli said when he got to Kansas City where he said we're looking for the right fifty three players not the best fifty three players I think in the sense with Dallas's defense are, are they elite across the board no but I think that everything as an entire unit comes together where I don't really have any questions about the defense as we head into the season. Well, let me ask you this real quick, Bob. I know we're up against it a little bit. Maybe you can yeah. carry this over, but is the defense playing well or is the offense that bad? That's, that's something that I think I mean, a lot of people try to figure out, you know, it's chicken and the egg. And I think the defense is playing well. Because I think you've seen Dak and the receivers that even on the days they play well, they're just making tough catches and they're making yeah. tight window throw. And so I think the defense has just been really good overall. Mm. And it's just the offense on the days where they have a good day, the offense is really leveling up. Um, so, so I think that it's 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 more the defense is really good at this point. But well, I, would, I want to believe the defense is good as well. Front seven and the secondary, I want to believe that too. But if you're, you know, if you're having problems blocking guys, if you're having problems getting separation, if you're having to make a bunch of tough catches and not, I mean, you you wonder is that that's that's the, you know, maybe the the Broncos scrimmage will better help, you know, the situation because you'll start to see the reports will come out of there about maybe some of the one on one stuff that they do. Okay, the Broncos are cooking your corners or you're cooking the Bronco corners, or you're cooking their linebackers, or, you know, maybe maybe that's it. Because right now, I want to believe that the Cowboys' defense is playing pretty well. Yeah. But I, I also want to know, are they playing well because the Dallas offense isn't doing a very good job right now? No, I think it's a fair question, and, and that actually will lead in nice, I think, to some of the things that we feel good about with this team. Uh, you're listening to the Love of the Star. The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All-star closer, Kenley Jansen, we have a question. What's the best podcast of all time? 
This boy isn't boring, baby. I'm Rob Bradford, and every single day I'm sitting down with the biggest names to show you this great game is the greatest game. It's my podcast. It's my passion. It's a cause I started more than two years ago and is now the most prolific national daily baseball pod there is. Another fact. So jump aboard the B.I.B. Express. Follow and listen to Baseball Isn't Boring, presented by Wasabi Hot Cloud Storage on the free Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. Okay, Brian, so in terms of uh, places with this team that we feel good about, positions or, uh, you know, even wide-ranging concepts or whatever else, uh, let me, I'm going to throw out a, cu- uh, a few really specific ones, I guess, out first. The first one that I feel really good about, I don't know how you feel here, I feel really great about Robert Prince, the new wide receivers coach. That's a guy who I, I think that when you watch the way that he teaches and the way that, you know, He's out there really coaching these guys up. That makes me feel good about his ability to get the most out of this receivers room. Robert Prince is a guy who's been really impressive to me so far. No, I I, I totally agree because you look at, you know you look at the situation at at wide receiver and they've had some guys step up and I, and I even mentioned Turpin. You know yeah. the first thing that people tell you at the Cowboys was returner. They, they said returner first. They didn't say wide receiver first. They said returner. And, you know, you look at this kid, to his credit, he's come in. He's he's jumped right in. He's a small guy. He's made some plays. You know, I think he's found a way. You know, we'll see what happens, is, you know, in the games as a returner. You know, he could be like Lance Lenore in that game in 2016 where they put him the ball a couple of times at the Coliseum there in Los Angeles, and he fumbles it, and you're like, well, no more Lance Lenore here. I mean, I know practice squad and all that stuff. Yeah. But, you know, I, I've been I, – I have been impressed with their ability to get guys like Turpin. Noah Brown's a veteran guy, what, six years, I believe, in the league now. And, you know, there's people who say that Noah Brown's kind of what we used to call all-Valley Ranch, all-star, you know, that kind of yeah. – where they practice their ass off and then all of a sudden Cedric Wilson comes along and completely – puts him on the bench kind of a thing. So I would say Prince, like you said, he's done a nice job getting some of these receivers. Uh, you know, Simi Fajoko mentioned him. So, yeah, you got to give him a, a lot of credit. I'm going to give some credit to – I'm going to give some credit to these the Cowboys linebackers because yeah. I kind of feel like, though, I think late Vander Esch, Parsons – you know, when Cox has been in there, I think he's been I think he's been just fine. You know, this group's kind of figured some things out. And so I am I kind of like what I've seen with the Cowboy linebacker. I know we a lot of praise will be put on the secondary and what the corners have done. You know, the, the one-on-one stuff was a, just a bad day at the office. But I, I, I do like what these linebackers every time I've seen defensive plays it's been somebody in that front seven it's usually a linebacker finding a way to the football yeah I think Leighton Vander Esch has been really really good as a matter of fact and I know there's some excitement within the Cowboys in terms of how he's looked and how they not get Barr I mean Barr's going to jump in there I mean he you know you'll probably see him you know uh you know maybe maybe get some work this week maybe likely you know charger week he'll get some better work there but, you know, they went out and they added a guy to a position that I kind of felt like they were pretty good at right now. Yeah, and that was, I guess, my uh, – the one area that I was a little puzzled by the bar signing was that it was one of those things where it's like, okay, 
you're you're telling me you don't need a receiver, but you do need a linebacker when your linebacking cores looked really good out here in training camp. That that was just the one thing I didn't. Well, totally... I think I think what happened there, Bobby, is that the Cowboys were working on the bar deal for a while, and all of a sudden it was high money, high money, high money, and then once camp started. Barr said, okay, I've got to get in. And, you know, it came down to a couple of teams and the Cowboys being the one team. So I think this was one of those things that they'd been working on well before they got to training camp. And then it happened to hit at a really strange time, right when the James Washington injury, like he said, sure, let's, let's go play for the Cowboys. And so I don't know. I think this was one of those, we're working on it. We got it done. It just fell like at a funny time for them. Yeah, I think that that's probably an accurate depiction of it. I do think – I wonder if the James Washington injury spurred the action from Anthony Barr because he was concerned, well, they're going to go spend money on a receiver. I better go get my money now. And so I, I wonder if that had anything to do with it. Uh, some other areas where I think this team's look good or where I feel good about this team, especially coming through this practice, is that no matter what – has been going on in these practices, no matter how bad they've struggled the offense, the two-minute offense every single day has been better than the defense. They move the ball. The first-team offense moves the ball down the field in two-minute offense pretty easily just about every single time. Um, and so I feel really good about when they get into those hurry-up situations that this offense in, in late games, if they need a score, I feel pretty good about their ability to get one. Yeah, I kind of feel like, the you know the... – I tell the overall though the offense has gotten better since the pads have come on though overall yeah. I think yeah. now to me the first day of practice came yeah out. the first yeah, those first play. several practices my God they couldn't you, they couldn't get out of their own way and so I think I think Kellen Moore's getting into a pretty decent rhythm uh, the protection at times has been a little spotty but when they've gotten protection they've made some good throws the guys have made some good catches. But you're right about the two-minute stuff. When they get in that hurry-up mode, that's kind of always been Dak Prescott's game, though. You know, the the hurry-up, 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 and play that way. He seems to have a really good feel for how to make that work. So, yeah, I I, I agree with you about the two-minute stuff and the offense. I just think overall uh, they're getting better in, in those regards. And some of the stuff in the red zone has been a lot better as well. Is there anything about this offense, this defense, anything else, just about this football team that not only do you feel good about, but that you you feel good about now that you didn't necessarily feel good about in camp? Anything that they've changed your mind on in a positive way? Well, I, every time I've watched Tyler Smith play, you know, the big problem he had at Tulsa was holding. Yeah, I haven't seen him really bad off balance. I know they've spun him a couple of times. And he's whipped on some things. Block, that happens. But the one thing I haven't seen is I was worried, okay, are they going to be able to coach him out of those hands going outside the framework of the body? Where he's been really good is he's kept the hands tight inside. And so you haven't seen it where, like, he gets off balance and he's just grabbing and tackling guys. The guy that's grabbing and tackling guys – you know, is Kelvin Joseph. That's the grabbing and tackling guy going on. But because when his technique gets bad, then he grabs. But but with Tyler Smith, 
in Tulsa, when he was bad, he'd hold, he'd be off balance, and then you get the you get the flax. I haven't seen him off balance much, and I haven't seen him hold uh, at, at, at all when in in a, in a bad way. I think one of the areas where we can feel really good about this football team, and obviously it's training camp, so things may change and everything else. But I think the defensive tackles has been have been really, really good out here. Oso Digizua, Tristan Hill has been more consistent. Um, I still think there's some days where it's it's not all the way there, but he's been more consistent than we've seen in the past. Chauncey Golston's been good. Neville Gallimore's been good. John Ridgeways, I think, made some some good plays in the run game. Uh, so the defensive tackle group, I think, is a strong one for them right now. I, You know, going into this, I felt like the whole defensive line, that was the one area when I watched practice, when it was the OTAs and the mini camps, I felt like that was the best coach group, and I felt like it was the group that had the most players, the most depth at the various positions, whether it's defensive tackle or defensive end. Yeah, I think that that's fair. I think another area where – you look at and say, I think some people had a question of, okay, was it a flash in the pan or whatever else with J. Ron Curse? I think J. Ron Curse has come out here and it's still clear he's one of the big leaders on defense. He's still making really good plays, kind of filling the alleys. He had a pick six on Dak on Saturday. Uh, the J. Ron Curse thing is encouraging to me because it looks like it's not just a one-year wonder. It looks like that's just who he is in the context of this defense. Yeah, I feel, you know, I think you're absolutely right. I think the safeties as a whole has been just a pretty good group because you start to think about things, you know, when you look at the, the way that they play, they've been really good when it comes to the ball getting on the edge and those guys coming from, say, depth to have to make a position, you know, to have to make a play. I mean, I I really, really do love what I've seen with you said with Curse. I really, really do love what I've seen from Bell. I think Bell, I think Bell, I I didn't realize how damn big Bell was until I stood next to him on the field. And I'm thinking, this is a good-looking football player that can move, that's physical and all that, that'll take on blocks. So if you've got Bell as one of your, on the 53, and I think you initially had him as one of your 53. Yeah. That might be that might be the the you know you start to talk about the undrafted guys that are going to make this football team at least through the first couple of weeks here. Bell would be a guy that I would say has got a really good shot of making this team. Yeah, another area where I think uh, a less discussed area. I don't think there's anything we've talked about, Brian. Do you think there's a shot? And I, I think I mentioned on the podcast that this was uh, I was chatting with Todd Archer the first day, and I was like, "Hey, what's your surprise move at camp?" And he threw one out to me, and I think so far it might be right. Will Greer hasn't looked terrible at times. I think Will Greer's looked all right, and I think Will Greer's actually been better than Cooper Rush at these practices. You know, it's funny you say that because I was talking with Calvin Watkins on the phone today, and he and Michael Gelkin of the Morning News were trying to come up with their 53-man roster. And I, I think we all just assume that they're only going to carry two quarterbacks. You know, and I don't disagree with you about Will Greer because there's been some times where Cooper Rush is just throwing the ball into an area. And I'm like, did he not see that guy? 
Okay, okay. Before we go any further, did you see Cooper Rush try and throw the ball away at practice the other day? And he almost hit Jerry in his tower. Hit Jerry in the tower. I saw it was halfway up the wall. Have you ever seen anybody throw the ball away 20 feet in the air at a practice? He was was awesome. That was impressive. That was impressive. Cooper Rush, for those of you that don't know, Jerry's in a tower, what, 20 feet over the practice field? 20 feet in the practice field, yeah. He's up there. Cooper Rush is rolling out and goes to throw the ball away. He doesn't just throw it to the sideline, though. He throws it. 19 feet in the air and hits just a foot below where Jerry's sitting. I was standing next to Nick Eatman at DallasCowboys.com, and we were like, that's the quickest way to ensure Will Greer is quarterback, too, is you take out the owner in his tower. What are you even doing throwing the ball that close to the owner? Well, I'll tell you what, though. You know, Will Greer has has shown, like, that arm angles and the slots yeah. and stuff like that. He, 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 you, you see a little bit of that stuff that – you saw with him when he was a top flight quarterback at West Virginia. So as it stands now, would you have Will Greer's quarterback too on this football team? Or would you still say Cooper? Rush? Cause we did see Cooper rush go on the road, loud environment, win a road game, you know, throw for over 300 yards. Do you think that's enough to keep him at quarterback too? Well, I, I think that's what they probably think, but I, me personally, I've always liked Will Greer. I, I if you asked me to evaluate both coming out of college, I would have had Will Greer above Cooper rush. So I was thinking, yeah, I, w- I would have thought that that would be a that'd be a pretty good fit for you if you can make it work. And uh, fun fact, you know who signed Will Greer to the University of Florida coming out of high school? Was that uh, our guy, uh, our quarterback coach? There's one Doug Nussmeyer. Nussmeyer, yeah, yeah. There's a fan. There's a fan there in the building who's been. Oh with no, them. that's why. That's why he's here. That's why he's here. That's why Will Greer's here. Yeah. Yeah, so those sorts of things matter. But there's just some of the areas that we feel good. sponsors, man. Got to have sponsors. That's the biggest thing. You need to have somebody that's going to sponsor you. Garibay might have a sponsor. That might be what he needs. He needs a sponsor. I don't think anybody wants to hear that right now, Brian. Mm -hmm. I don't think anybody wants to hear that he's sponsored. Boy, a sponsor kept Greg Zerline here all the way through the end of the season. So it's totally possible. Are you listening to the Love of the Star? The Love of the Star is an Odyssey podcast. You can find it on the Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. All right, Brian, it's uh, it's time for our, our favorite segment where we turn it over to our uh, dear listeners over on Twitter and let them start generating our topics. Let us take a break from all that, and, and they get to basically interview us here for this segment uh, for our Twitter mailbag. First question from Jeff Johnson. Does Noah Brown always look this good in Oxnard, or is this different? I think it's funny you kind of referenced earlier. He's yeah. on Team Valley Ranch. Can, can the answer to this be... Yes, to both. He always does kind of show up in Oxnard, but it does look different this year, I think. I'll tell you what, he's running some really good routes. And you mentioned about Prince, you know, the receivers coach. There's some of these guys, you know, look at the defensive linemen. Look at the improvement, uh, you know, when since AD has taken over the defensive line. Yeah, you know, look at, guys, guys have gotten better. Guys have gotten better up front, and maybe it's a situation where, you know, Noah Brown has has taken to Coach Prince, and you know, maybe there's some he, he's latching on to some thoughts, and it's out there helping him. But yeah, Noah Brown traditionally is one of those guys that always looks really good in practice, and then you get in the game, and you're kind of like, okay, Noah, make a play for me here. Oh, don't drop the ball, Noah, that kind of thing. So. He he's he has put together a lot of really good days, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah and I, that's why I think you can say yes, he does always yeah. look good in Oxnard, but yes, it does look different. It does it look does. like 
or consistent. It looks like he's better and winning in ways that he hasn't totally won in the past. Uh, next question here from Chris C. He said, I heard a lot of pre-camp noise about Farniok challenging Tyler Biotish. Any evidence of that so far in camp? I don't know about you, Broadus. The answer for me is a definitive no. I'm kind of disappointed in Matt Farniok since he got here to camp. Yeah. The reps that I've seen from him at guard, uh, when, he, when he's gotten in some work there, he's, he's you know, shown up a lot in bad ways. You see him kind of yeah. is, uh, you see him turned around chasing somebody into the backfield. Uh, but yeah, I, I don't think that Matt Farniok is challenging Tyler Biotis very much. And I think the, the Cowboys felt like they had a legitimate challenger to Tyler Biotis. I don't know that Biotis would be starting, but it's one of those things where we're just like, uh, this is the best we got. So we're going to roll with this. I've noticed Braylon Jones, you know, the, you know, the, you know, he's in his first year. I mean, he's a veteran guy, but only one year of service out of Houston. I've noticed Braylon Jones more than I've noticed Farniok playing playing center. And good or bad. You know, I mean it's I, I just have not noticed much of 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 Farniok, you know, doing anything that just caught my eye at all. No, when I notice him, like I said, it usually is. I notice him like I was like, who just got beat there? And I see his number and his chest yeah. chasing somebody. Yeah. So that's not been great. Uh, we also did notice, as we mentioned the other day, he got some fullback work in, mm-hmm. um, which may speak to the fact that they actually do like him a little bit in a weird way is the fact that they had him in there as a fullback because they feel like, OK, well, he'll be one of our backup offensive linemen and maybe we'll also use him in this fullback role. Uh, but yeah, I been a little disappointed in Matt Farniok. I was excited about him. Thought that he could, uh, you know, I didn't think he'd, he'd legitimately challenge, but I thought there was at least, hey, this is somebody you might be able to groom a little bit to become a legitimate NFL offensive lineman, which maybe you still can. It just hasn't looked like it so far. Yeah. Uh, next question here from Bobby McKay. And Brian, I think you've addressed this a little bit already, but let's see what your confidence meter is. Uh, Bobby says, can Steele be trusted to start? He looked very shaky in team drills on Saturday. Is that a Parsons issue or should we be concerned? And I guess that's a good way to tackle it is, should some of this be viewed through the lens of he is blocking Micah Parsons on a considerable number of snaps, and that's a difficult thing to do. Parsons is a badass if you had known known by now. But, yeah, uh, no, that's – and like I said, the good ones figure it out. The good ones will figure out how to rush him. The good ones will not let him win one-on-one. You know, you play with power, he struggles. You play with uh, athletic ability to the edge, he's athletic enough to wash you by or push you by the quarterback. Where he's at his absolute worst is having to put the anchor down and stop somebody at that point of attack and sit down on somebody. So, yeah, I mean, Micah Parsons will make you look bad. Absolutely, he will. But you know what? I mean, it, it's – I just worry. I just worry about the – you know, the, the tackles, I've said this a bunch, have always are always responsible for the width of the pocket. You know, the guards, the centers are responsible for the depth of the pocket. But if the width of the pocket is getting compromised by players in the quarterback's lap, that's going to be a problem. Question here from at powder underscore blues. Uh, what Ranger would be- fan, I guess. Yeah, it, it's a it's a Dodgers fan. Oh, it's a Dodgers fan. They have coat facts. I oh, assume powder blues. Yeah, they have coat. I was thinking the Rangers. You know those uniforms they wear on Sunday. Well, I mean, it's coat facts. 
So it's Koufax. So I'd assume that's a Sandy Koufax. That's Sandy Koufax there, yeah. Uh, The question is, what would be the plan at swing tackle if Josh Ball's struggles continue? I don't know that that they have a plan. It felt kind of, you remember after the draft, Jerry Jones seemed to kind of suggest like, look, we've invested now in two guys here, Ball and Willetsko, to be swing tackles, and that just needs to be proven right. And if it's not proven right, fine, but we've spent the capital. It's their time. I hate to say this, but I have a feeling that Tyler Smith would be your swing tackle. If you something, right ha- side? yeah, I think if something happens to one of these offensive tackles, you got to go with your best five. And if your best five is, if your best five, and we'll, we'll see. I mean, we'll see if something happens to Smith. If something happens to Tyron Smith, who's going to play tackle? Tyler Smith, probably right. Probably yeah. will be Ball or one of those guys. Yeah. You know, they. They can't afford to play with ball and and steel. I mean, they just, you just can't. You couldn't do that. So I think Tyler Smith, if something were to happen to one of these tackles, right or left, we could we could very well see Tyler Smith jump in there. Question from Hitstick. He says, is this the year? And I think this is an interesting question. Is this the year CJ Goodwin isn't safe because they want to keep a Turpin type? Like, does Bones uh, on the special roster spot? Yeah, Turpin's already on this team. I right, mean, right. So because Turpin's on the team, though, do you think that hurts the numbers enough that no, they are? Because Bones, Bones Fossil will get five guys. Bones Fossil will get five guys. He'll have his punter, his kicker, his snapper. He'll have Turpin, and he'll have one more guy. That could be that could be Goodwin or whoever the defensive. Could that be Deshaun Wright? I think Deshaun Wright's playing well enough to be considered. Deshaun Wright's playing better than Kelvin Joseph right now. Yes. Kelvin Joseph, out of all the corners I think we felt like could be on this team, Trayvon Diggs, mm-hmm. Anthony Brown, Jordan Lewis, Deshaun Wright, Kelvin Joseph, and Deron Bland, I think Kelvin Joseph has been the worst corner of the six I, out here. I, at least through the first several practices, the two weeks of practice, yeah, I'd agree with you on that. Which is concerning. Uh, question here from Jesse Griffin. Do you think it's possible – the Cowboys can re-sign Tony Pollard on a team-friendly deal. Sounds as if Stephen Jones all but admitted Zeke will be gone. Um, I'm not certain. I talked about this with our friends Kelsey Charles and Megan Murray the other day. I'm not convinced this isn't the last year for Pollard and Ezekiel Elliott. I agree. I think the Cowboys, after the Ezekiel Elliott deal, I think some things you hear them talk about, I don't think this is a second contract running back team anymore. Nope. I think you're right about that. I Team-friendly deal. And, and does he want to sign if? After the way that they've used him, and again, Jerry Jones, if you listen to our interview on 105.3 The Fan, I used the word wasted Pollard's career, basically. Yeah. I said the word wasted. Jerry Jones didn't appreciate my use of the I word wasted. So, no. I, why would Tony Pollard sign here unless he had nowhere else to go? I, I, I don't. Could they entertain bringing him back on a deal, given they have used him so little, though, that they may feel like sure, sure they could. But if Tony Pollard gets even, uh, gets the same or a little bit more, why stay? You know, I mean, yeah, I mean, he. I would imagine a Pollard would be very attractive to a guy like Sean McVay or Kyle Shanahan. Sure. Like, oh, we can do the things we can do yeah. with that guy. Absolutely, sure. bring him in. Sure. Uh, next question for you here. Uh, this one from our, our buddy who asked a question last week at I Got Soul. Last year, uh, Leighton Vander Esch played generally well down the stretch, but also dealt with a combination of injuries and generally being out of shape physically. How does he look this year physically, and how has his overall play been in camp? Great. I think this is the best he's looked in training camp. Yeah, I mean, it's like there's no pressure on him to have to do anything. You know, it's like it's really legitimate. You've got 
you got guys on defense. You got those guys up front. You've got the guys on the edge. You got the guy. You got Parsons. You got Curse. Leighton Van Esch doesn't have to be the stud on defense, and he's played. I think. I think Leighton Van Esch has been one of the better players they've had on defense. Yeah, and I think I think I think he's seen everything faster too. It looks like he's he's able to diagnose and and attack faster than he had years past, and so I think that that's something that's that's pretty impressive for him. Uh, Next question from uh, Legend of Bobby ninety one. He says, "Would you let Garibay handle all the kicks in the first preseason game?" I I don't know that that's necessarily a bad idea. I mean, I think they kind of know what they have in Hirelahu at this point, and that they know he'll be steady no, but the, no, no you're not gonna let him do it no switch him off if you're gonna let one guy kick if you're gonna let one guy kick at altitude and not the other guy i i don't know i know switch him switch him that's the great thing about it have it as a competition that's what i would do you get one guy gets the first half the other guy gets the second half or alternate every uh every kick but the, but the the altitude helps the the distance more than any. Yeah, path. it does. It helps the distance. It absolutely does. Knowing Garibay's already got the power, and yeah. you know Hyrule who's accurate. Why get why get a I guess an inflated sense of Hyrule who's leg power, and instead just let Garibay get in the kicks to see if he's accurate. This this question seems like a Garibay fan. This must be a Texas Tech. Fan. I don't know. Let me see. Let's look. Let's see if he says Texas Texas. It does not. It just says yeah. map fan for life. Okay, but I mean it's a fair question. No, I alternate. I this has been a competition. You got three games. Give them all three games and just alternate it. And whoever whoever looks the best by the time I and Brad make the final call in Seattle, take that as your kicker. Or don't take either one of the guys. Go out and get the somebody else from out there. You know. Uh, next question from I, I love this handle at I be on it all days. Says, yeah. what are the chances that Dennis Houston makes this team? Do you think he's pretty much locked in at this point with how much they seem to like him? Yeah, I mean, again, but don't go out there and pee down your leg, you know, when we get to these preseason games. They're giving him a lot of looks, a lot of reps. But, you know, there's been some others that have shown up a little bit better than him. I think they I want him. I think they want him to have success. I think they're trying to. Hey, let's be honest. Their players cut themselves in a lot of ways. And, you know, you go out there and you practice, and you're just okay in practice. I mean, he gets a lot of work, but if he goes out there in those three preseason games and doesn't do anything, he's not guaranteed a spot on my team. There's nothing I'm, there's nothing I'm saying about that at all. It was, it was really interesting. CeeDee Lamb did an interview with uh, our buddies, our, our, our teammates over at 105 through the fan, the KNC masterpiece. And they asked him which of the other receivers had stood out at practice. And he mentioned Houston and he said that his releases are insane. Have you, I have not noticed his releases. <laughs> I mean, like, may, uh, like, I he mean, he runs funny. He's kind of a funny runner when, I mean, he gets upfield. It's like, it's, it's not really, it didn't look smooth to me. It just it reminds, it, it reminds me a little of, um, almost kind of like Jameel Showers. Yeah. You know how it's like almost a player every so where it's like the, yeah. the staff and the team's talking about how great they're, and it's like, I don't yeah. who, how, and showers yeah. with a guy like that pretty consistently. And that woman always caught me off guard. So uh, I think Dennis Houston is on just because they all seem to be in love with him. And, uh, you know, no disrespect. Hey, to he's, got, he's got these games, these practices. He's, he's, got, he's, he's got to show him what he has for me. He's got, he's got plenty of sponsors, though. And that was a sponsor thing. Uh, next question from Garrett Jeffcoat. Do you think 
Tavante Turpin will be used more than just special teams. Seems like they might put him in a slot role as well from the ports I've been seeing. Sure. I got to sure. say, early on, we talked about how he was special teams, pretty much all the offensive secondary. That's what Mike McCarthy said. But it sure seems like they've liked what they've seen in practice and are increasing some of his opportunities in the offense. Absolutely. I, th- this kid is, he's proven that, you know, he's going to make plays in the preseason games. So, again, Will McClay talked about him being a returner first, receiver next, kind of like things kind of balancing out for him a little bit. I, I wouldn't be surprised they continue to use him. You know, he's figured some things out. Last question here from Todd. He says, who do you think will be the best interior pass rusher this year? And do you think it's an underrated, do you think it's underrated as a defensive quality? I think it's the number one thing that frustrates the pocket passers uh, like Brady. I mean, it's, it's kind of like you were saying that the edges determine the, the width of the pocket and, and the guards will determine the depth of the pocket. And so, uh, yeah, if the interior defensive lineman can, can penetrate that disrupts uh, quite a bit. I, I think it's a slam dunk. The best interior, interior defensive pass rusher has been Oso Digizua. No question. He, no question. He, he he shows up more than any other pass rusher. And and I say Tristan Hill's done a pretty good job too as an interior rusher and being around the ball and stuff like that. So, but by far Osa's got my my vote right now. Him and Gallimore playing the one and the three. I I really do like them. I, I like that combination. We've got a uh, a couple more practices this week. I will be heading home on Wednesday night, but uh, we'll be back with you guys again on Wednesday morning. Brian, uh, biggest thing you want to see out here at camp this week? Yeah, Bob, I hope you can be my eyes for all of us. And just keep an eye. Are we going to start to see this thing? We've now had all these practices. Now we're getting ready for a game. I'm interested to see if they go just solidly what happens at left guard. I'm interested to see, again, maybe a little bit more of the rotation at wide receiver. Just keep an eye on those two spots. Left guard, see if it's if it's all Smith and then McGovern a little bit here and there, or are they still rotating? And I'm interested to see which one of these receivers, Noah Brown's done a great job of making plays. Who else is going to step up this week and make some more plays as well? We'll be keeping an eye on it and uh, talk to you all. Watch again. the kickers, though, too. That, I'm sure you'll you'll hear all about that on Twitter, regardless if I watch it or not. Yeah. But we'll talk to you guys again on Wednesday.